Hello, my name is Francis Pinder, and you are watching or listening perhaps to the Salesforce Posse podcast, where I speak to Salesforce industry influencers so we can gain a better understanding of how to excel in a career path from a Salesforce admin or developer to an architect. And in this conversation, I'm going to be talking with Luca Benini, who is COO and co-founder of Native Video, a Salesforce app exchange app that brings video and audio recording directly into Salesforce. Now, Luca has been in the Salesforce ecosystem for many years, but four years ago, he took the plunge and started Native Video. So I wanted to pick his brains on what it takes to build an app Exchange app on the platform, and any tips and tricks he might have that, we, if for anyone who wants to start out building an app in App Exchange. So, if you're interested in building apps on App Exchange, want to know any marketing tips or the process behind building an app, then I think you're going to get a lot of value out of this conversation with Luca. So, without further ado, let's go. Hello, Luca Benini. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Well, so, hello, hello, Francis. Hello, all the listeners, and thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Um, so, um, you are um, Mr. App Exchange, in, in my my in my view. Uh, we're going to going to dive in a bit about you know App Exchange uh, and apps and things like that uh, and the ecosystem. But what I kind of wanted to get about is, is how how did you start in the Salesforce ecosystem? How did you kind of get into you know the world of App Exchange apps? Well, interestingly, um, it was uh, I, I guess Salesforce was always part of my career. Um, if you work in technology, you either refer to or aspire <laughs> to be like Salesforce uh, or leave <laughs> Salesforce uh, or you work for them. And uh, in my um, career, I had the opportunity to work for Salesforce. It was a long time ago, more than 10 years oh, ago. Right. Um, when the first marketing cloud was formed, um, it was actually formed out of a couple of companies that were acquired by Salesforce back in 2011. Um, mm. And one was uh, called Buddy Media, and I was oh, running yeah. the Buddy Media team in Europe uh, way back when. And uh, through the acquisition, then I got to work for the mothership, and you know mm. that was my um, view from inside. And then I left. I went on to have another, you know, couple of very uh, lucky, actually, and very uh, good, solid um, uh, startup adventures. Uh, mm. And now I'm running my own mm. and it was just fitting for me <laughs> to go back to the ecosystem at the core of it and mm. uh, create a solution uh, on the app exchange and for uh, the Salesforce uh, ecosystem for Salesforce mm. users. Okay, cool. So what kind of attracted you? Why did you decide, hey, look, I'm going to build an app exchange app? What was the spark that made you do it? Well, um, I think... I think it, you know throughout my career and uh, um, connecting with a lot of users and using it myself, using Salesforce myself, um, it's obvious that Salesforce is a B-dimensional solution, meaning that it's predominantly made of text. Uh, and if it's mm. not text, uh, if you're adventurous, uh, you'll have drop-down menus. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, in that sense, the world um, has been evolving a lot more towards the content, content creation centered around 
uh, different ways of, of creating and sharing information. Specifically, mm. obviously, we're called native video and, you know, focus was on video, but also audio uh, represents a, a massive opportunity uh, to create content. And one actually that we're already leveraging in our world in our you know kind of uh, real life um and in our professional life through salesforce uh, that was a gap uh, that we identified so uh, i think it's a combination of identifying the gap to answer your mm. specific question about why the app exchange identified the the gap um identified a unique audience um with which actually gives you a good focused approach uh which is you know very important word in every startup venture, um, mm. you know, having the, the the audience defined and, and a very good focused approach. And then um, the third element was was opportunity. Um, you know, Salesforce um, prepares that opportunity very well for you. Uh, the opportunity also for us came uh, by the fact that we we me and my co-founder Nick, uh, you know, have expertise centered. Um, in uh, Salesforce technology and around uh, Salesforce ecosystem. So we brought all of these elements together and it was almost natural for us to um, focus our attention to and develop for uh, the app exchange and for the Salesforce ecosystem. Okay, cool. So um, I think there's different, various different types of apps, I suppose. Um, you, you've got the kind of these Salesforce native apps Then you've got kind of like the kind of connector apps that connect to services that are off on the web. Kind of your app specific, I'm assuming is a kind of a hybrid of the two. It's kind of a native, but then offloads video off for processing. Is that how it works? So there are a few different approaches to creating for the app exchange. Um, you, mm. you actually mentioned something that is very real. There are um, a lot of companies that have their presence on the app exchange but their presence is predominantly uh, focused on a connector app, as it's called. Mm. Meaning, um, they have a, a fully, you know, flown, you know, fully built solution that you can use um, in its entirety outside of the Salesforce ecosystem. But thanks to a connector app, you can actually bring it into uh, your Salesforce experience and, and mm. do uh, uh, you know, varying degrees of integration with your processes directly in Salesforce. Be that because it's feeding data back uh, to Salesforce or maybe because it's enabling you to do a couple of steps within your Salesforce process, but then the, uh, the whole processing and the whole, uh, I don't know, information, you know, whatever um, added value uh, the solution brings is actually happening outside of Salesforce. And that's yeah. one type of uh, solution that we are not. Um, yeah. <laughs> our approach uh, is native in the sense that we okay. built our solution to operate only from within the platform. Um, so, you know, we don't manage logins. Um, hmm. We effectively don't have a landing page for our product outside of your Salesforce org. Right. Mm -hmm. So in order to use our solution, the premise is that you are a Salesforce customer and you yeah. would only activate, you would only be able to benefit and activate our solution from within your Salesforce. Uh, what you mentioned about um, uh, the specificity of where we, we store and stream files from mm -hmm. um, actually has to do with um, a bit of a limitation, if you will, of Salesforce in dealing with very large size data. Both from a cost and handling perspective, Salesforce is not designed as a data storage or mm -hmm. 
video streaming uh, platform. And that's why we yeah. manage that uh, with a secure connection through AWS. So oh, all yeah. the um, functionalities, all the metadata are native and it's and they're built on the Salesforce platform, uh, but the individual files of the video are stored and streamed uh, through uh, an external provider, in this case, AWS. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, you're kind of bringing the, the two, you know, the benefits you get from AWS as well as Salesforce, but yeah, you're kind of the co-base or the, the majority of that config is within the cloud native Salesforce app. Um, and also I kind of look at there's, yeah, so you've got these kind of like these very cloud native apps that are completely 100% on the platform. Yeah, you've got the connected apps. You've got your app, which is this kind of semi-hybrid, but not really. It's just kind of the offloading part. Um, and then you've got accelerator apps, um, which I think are the ones where, you know, it's a kind of a baseline of functionality that you really have to customize to kind of get going. Um, which is kind of the other style of that, which I kind of think of like, it's almost like the, the, the industry clouds on Salesforce almost. They've got a base set of functionality, kind of accelerates you so far, and then you can kind of build on, on top of that as well. Um, so that's, that's exactly right. And, and oh, sorry, in that sense, um, we, we have a similar approach in relation to uh, a part of what we do with our customers, because... Um, our solution is built as a platform and the native video platform that you find on the App Exchange uh, is effectively designed to unlock video and audio capabilities. Mm. So, you know, you can place a yes, record yeah. button and a player um, across, across your processes. And then we have um, what are called extension apps. Um, which um, serve the purpose of adapting through through a, a set of configurations, adapting the platform to work in a specific data model. So there's one for the sales cloud, where you have your contacts, your opportunities, and your accounts. And that's where you bring to life automatically, basically out of the box. Uh, you know, the premise is you have the platform that enables video and audio. And then through this configurations, you're actually bringing to life the, the video player uh, in, in a contact uh, in the video recorder so you can create video messages. Uh, you're bringing to life in service cloud so is that... um, a record button part of a field service process. Yes. Okay, so is that driven by, so it's driven by the users configuring that. So is it, or is it kind of like an add-on product or service that you can kind of have a bolt-on basically to the core App Exchange app that you've built? It's the second one that you said. So it's, a, yeah. it's effectively um, helping uh, the configuration so that you don't have yeah. to do it. Got right? it, right. So, because so does this make it more flexible to support the other functionality within Salesforce of different products uh, exactly. and business services? Oh, exactly. yeah. Okay. That's, that's exactly right. That's exactly so right. So exactly if, right. if I was thinking of creating an app exchange app, what's the kind of, what's the kind of high level process that you have to kind of go through to actually create an app? Um, it's, it's relatively straightforward. Salesforce make it um, very um, structured um, in, in their approach and, and they're very welcoming. Um, when uh, you fill in the form, as uh, most things starts with Salesforce, um, <laughs> you would feel... Uh, you will fill in the form and, and through that, you know, kicks in a process whereby someone 
um, we'll get in touch, explain to you what, what you have to go through, which is in predominantly you know, three steps, if you want. One is um, a business assessment. The first thing that Salesforce will want to understand is what is the added value from a business perspective that your mm. solution brings to the ecosystem? And that will be the first assessment that they do. And once you're validated from a business plan perspective, then they will go into uh, a, a, a bit more of a obviously technical assessment uh, where you would have to go through a number of steps to submitting your code and sharing with um, the Salesforce experts um, what you're built and how you built it so they can validate uh, that it doesn't break Salesforce um, <laughs> as well as it, it is designed in a secure, um, in a safe way, because obviously um, the, the I, I think the guiding principles there are probably as you would expect from someone like Salesforce, the first is trust. So there's mm -hmm. a massive emphasis on um, keeping it safe and, and making sure that whatever hits the, the app exchange is pre-approved from a, a security perspective by Salesforce. Mm -hmm. uh, the second important aspect is a user experience. Uh, they would want to ensure that whatever is happening through your solution uh, uh, that is used in use by Salesforce user reflects the standard, the high standard of usability and uh, interoperability uh, that Salesforce expects. Uh, so they will mm. you know, want to see multiple browsers, multiple devices, you know, all, yeah. all of that will be checked. And that's a very thorough process. Um, there's actually a cost um, associated. It's a small, uh, it's a small cost in, in you know, to memory is less than $3,000 mm. um, yeah. to complete this assessment. And out of that, typically a few recommendations will come back to the, to the tech team. Um, they will be um, asked to uh, review certain points and reassure in certain areas. And then out of that, hopefully, if you know, everything checks out, uh, you get the approval. And that's when you hit the, the app exchange. To go on the app exchange, and uh, this will be kind of the third element um, to to take into consideration. Uh, you will need a package, so you know obviously the, the solution ready, uh, but also the the media and the story, the positioning um, to uh, create your uh, window mm -hmm. uh, through which uh, your prospective customers you know can go in and check. Uh, and understand a bit more about you. So you have screenshots available. You have question and answers. You, yeah. you may add um, a video landing. with a demo. Uh, exactly, exactly, yeah. all of that. Yeah, cool. So And um, your pricing. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so on the pricing side, how do you actually make money out of the apps? Because obviously there's you know a couple of different, because it could even be a free app, right, um, on App Exchange. But what are the, so what are the kind of various Absolutely. different types of app or you know monetary wise and what are the benefits for each in your yeah. opinion so the let, let me tell you about our approach our approach is a mm. subscription based mm -hmm. so it reflects the the salesforce approach it's on a per right. user basis um and the way it works is um, the best parallel that I, that I use when I um, explain what the app exchange is to a friend who doesn't know what 
Salesforce is and what the app exchange is, um, is to think about the app store. So mm. on your phone, there's a, a number of additional features and functionalities that are provided uh, by third parties that are invited, securely checked, uh, but then invited to sell their solution directly to you through the marketplace. The approach of the app exchange is exactly the same and also the monetization opportunity is exactly the, the, the same because then through the app exchange, you will find customers with which you will engage directly. So the subscription that they sign up will be directly with you. It's somehow sanctioned by Salesforce in the background. Obviously, they've given mm. their um, approval um, to, to operate within their ecosystem, but it's a direct relationship that you have with your customers. So you take care mm. of them. Um, you, can, you may or may not perform uh, some integration services for them, um, as well as uh, you know, anything else that is needed for them to be up and running. Uh, you will send them an invoice and they will pay. Mm -hmm. So that's our approach. Uh, some other uh, companies um, have the ability to pay directly from the app exchange. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a kind of a pay button there and use a credit card. And that's a, even more similar to an app store uh, approach. Yeah. Um, interestingly, we also have a free app. And um, a free app is typically designed uh, let me tell you why we designed it and why we have it um, on the app exchanges. And that's because you you want from a marketing perspective, from a go-to-market perspective, you want to reach um, as many prospects as possible. And mm. also the ones that are just exploring the space. Uh, they're just, you know, um, uh, testing a few things out. They're thinking about something that might do in the future. You want to be there with them and give them something that is good enough that they can grab and completely self-service, install and understand and start to play with so that you start to build a relationship starting with your product, which mm. is probably the best way uh, to start. If you think about the, the wide array that you have to reach out to customers and prospects, uh, the best possible way um, is them using your product to start with. And, so would you call um, you know, this, you, this kind of model kind of like a freemium product. model? Like you're starting free and they're adding, going to their Correct. premium model? Or is it, yeah, okay, go ahead. That, that's exactly right. And, you know, to give you a sense of, you know, from, from our perspective, our free video solution um, includes up to 100 videos. And mm -hmm. okay. uh, they can be only as long as 30 seconds. And that's because in that particular case, the videos are stored in Salesforce. So they oh, yeah. face head-on the limitation of you know large file data yeah. <laughs> and too many of them becoming costly. So that's why we yeah. limit that uh, to you know it, it's good enough that you start to get a sense you know what would this page layout <laughs> be? What would this process be if I have a record button here and if I have a player here? And that's what you know we want really there. And I think I guess that's predominantly the approach regarding regarding free um, across uh, uh, across the board because that's uh, you know people starting getting familiar with your solution and when they're ready to commit when they're they need to scale when their organization their process becomes um, the one and it's fully designed and it's ready for production then you are the partner that they learned mm -hmm. with and you are the solution that they built the rest of the process around so you'll be the one that they uh, select and use. Yeah. 
So I think, so your, your, your kind of approach to building directly on Salesforce, I think <clears throat> there's a kind of another way of doing it, I suppose, is, is, is the same kind of model on building a native iOS app versus a native Android app. You know, you're building two separate apps. So do you kind of, are you just focused on Salesforce specifically? Or are you looking to go to like Dynamics, HubSpot and the others? And does that, does that mean that you'd create native apps for those or you'd create an app that kind of could work with all three? So it's a very good question. And one actually that we typically get asked by investors right. <laughs> they, they want to understand the uh, the, the potential right and, and mm. you know how big are we thinking um uh, my our answer is always for now we're focused on salesforce we've built mm. on salesforce and there's a massive opportunity completely untapped in unlocking yeah. video and audio across all organizations uh, all orgs uh, effectively across the, the globe um our approach, though, lends itself to um, be then replicated uh, across multiple uh, multiple platforms. The the best mm-hmm. example uh, that I can that I can use here is uh, own backup. Um, yeah, own backup uh, is a, is a massively successful story of a solution built for Salesforce and within Salesforce. Um, and only and solely Salesforce focused for the majority of its life. And then when you hit mm-hmm. a, a certain level and uh, with certain investors backing it, um, it had reached almost like a ceiling and it needed yeah. to then take the expertise uh, that it was able to create with the playbook of, you know, how do, we, do you win being native to a, an ecosystem, to a platform and take that playbook um, and the blueprint uh, that comes with it uh, to other platforms. And they're, yeah. you know, my understanding is that they're now focusing uh, also on uh, additional yeah. like dynamics uh, for Microsoft and, and other, uh, other mm. solutions, providing the and same you've exact you've got the money then to do it as well. Being so you can do it, you know, it, it's, it's that you're point, up to that exactly. point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And you've learned all the best practices and how not to do it as well by that time. <laughs> Precisely. Um, cool. Um, so, uh, if if I so just ignoring the kind of app ecosystem almost a little bit, if I wanted to create a, I create wanted to create an app, how would I validate that it's worth creating? Like, if I had an idea, like, oh, this would be a good idea for an app. Um, how would I know if it would be successful? Is there any kind of tips you could give for that? Um, well, I think. Our experience and common sense suggests that you know testing is the only way and mm-hmm. not going anecdotal. Um, in in our experience, um, we we had a uh, we had a hunch, and mm-hmm. that actually led to the first prototype. The first prototype was effectively. Um, just the platform and the platform immediately mm-hmm. started you know gaining some traction um, and as part of it we also noticed and everything that we built from that point on uh, was based on cust- our customer feedback uh, so mm-hmm. whatever they wanted whatever they said this would be interesting and relevant we built 
Um, yeah. So I, I, I guess it's uh, it, testing, really. Yeah, it's just testing with the market and seeing if people want it, <laughs> I suppose. Um, it's, it's key. So, uh, Luca, we were pre- um, I know that you've got this new product coming out um, is it, yeah, this year, 2023. And I, it was quite interesting because... When I kind of first saw you, you know, your your video talk, it's kind of like, you know, you're uploading video, you know, it's 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 about, you know, just video consumption. Whereas now you're kind of looking beyond that and around was it customer retention or understanding more about your employees? And I just wanted to see if, you know, and is that your new product that's coming out this year? I can't quite remember. Yeah. Yes. So it's actually customer insights, and uh, right, right. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a product that we're very excited about. And as you you were rightly saying, it actually builds on our expertise in building a video solution that operates directly from within Salesforce, and um, our um, experiments with AI, which is quickly accelerating, and it's providing you know a fantastic set mm. of. Um, uh, features and and, and uh, you know tools uh, that are just amazing that are going to revolutionize uh, a lot of areas. In in our particular case with Built, um, we were invited by Salesforce uh, to brainstorm with a very large FMCG client, and the the problem they were facing um, is uh, related to their market research. Um, they felt mm-hmm. their market research was a bit stuck in the past and they felt uh, the there must be a better way to get consumer insights that doesn't go and ask them on a scale from one to ten how would you rate this feature and how would you rate this additional thing and how yeah. would you define this and how would you and and you know and and they said you know people get quickly fatigued uh, about this type of questionnaires and they go just quickly go through it they get they unlock the reward and off they go and the the insights they gather from that are not very good. So how can we change that? Well, we've developed this solution, which is coming to the app exchange, uh, you know, to an app exchange near you very soon. Um, <laughs> to that is centered around um, almost like a, um, you know, an interactive market research piece where uh, you receive a link, you click on the link, and you land on the page. And yes, you guessed it. Uh, that link was sent uh, through likely Marketing Cloud or Pardot, and you land on a page that is built on a digital experience, on a community, where your you know your profile is is there. You, so you log in and you're part of the the community, and as part of it, you're requested to take a couple of insights uh, investigation you know surveys, if you will. And as you interact with this system, you're shown images or videos of products maybe something is described to you or just an image of a product uh, a new food concept in in the case of this particular client and what you're asked to do is to just share your reaction what do you think about this product and then a couple more questions are asked um, during this interaction which is completely asynchronous right so you're you're mm. you're clicking next and then you're hearing a voice saying Okay, now that you had 30 seconds to look at it, what would be your perspective on, you know, relation to this product yeah. and its use in this particular case? And you say what you want to say. Now, we capture all of that information and we process it. But that's 
the behind the scene that is very fascinating because behind the scene, we are using Einstein AI to extract um, sentiment and insights from what people say. We're using a system that is capable of reading the facial, the facial expression and, and the attitude uh, of the person that is responding, making sure that whatever they say, it's actually matching their emotions that are inferred mm. from what we see. We're also using um, this you know, kind of uh, AI processed uh, information to make sure that they actually correspond to the profile age and gender that they provided. That's another you know, problem around 10% mm. of all profiles uh, answering a, um, uh, a survey are the default profile. So they're all born and the, you know, the 1st of January, whatever date, uh, the default date and the default gender. And maybe they're you know, just because they want to unlock their, yeah, their yeah. reward and they want to get done with it. So the, the, you know, all of these things are now possible and the insights that you get on the other side are faster. Mm. They are a lot more accurate because you're eliminating all the biases and you're getting a true, a true sense. And finally, you're finally you have, I, I think, truly an opportunity to talk to real people rather than professional survey takers. Um, mm. So this is uh, really working very well, and it's it's a way of using all our expertise in building natively within the platform, leveraging all the aspects of the platform, bringing it all together and creating a lot of value for uh, those customers that are using, um, you know, the, the, the Salesforce baseline. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think for, that's, that's uh, key, isn't it, to creating apps. It's, it's, it's finding that distinct problem that customers and people are having and using the functionality and the technology of the platform to deliver a solution for them. Um, and that is the basis of the app. Uh, and if you get it right, you can make money from it. Exactly. That's exactly so, right. We so, have another um, exciting product. Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, I just want to quickly tell you, tell you about it just because it's, um, the, it's at a different end of the spectrum, but this is also addressing, you know, just reminded because you, you just said, um, I remember the other day asking a friend, what's the biggest uh, problem that Salesforce users have? And the answer is that they don't like to type. They don't like to <laughs> provide their updates in the opportunity in the case. Like you can design the best, you know, laid out process, you know, all the things right and, you know, fantastic. But if people don't actually go in and say, I've just talked to Francis and we've agreed on this and this, and, you know, this is the next step, that's, you know, not good. Um, so to respond to that, we, we have a, a quick and dirty solution that we are quite excited about, which is, an audio notes solution. We call it Alfred, uh, the Salesforce PA, uh, because it's a personal assistant. It almost works like Siri. And you know, mm -hmm. you tap it, you say uh, what the debrief is from my conversation with uh, Francis, and you you know highlight the five things uh, you know from from your notes. And all of a sudden, all of that is transcribed. It's interpreted by AI. Um, action items are automatically extracted and you know connected with the next steps. Uh, it might be creating tasks for you directly in Salesforce. And all of a sudden, with a 30 seconds 
let me tell you what happened in this meeting. Let me tell you what happened in this call. You've brought to life a whole new level of data structure, mm. thanks to the AI, um, directly in your Salesforce, uh, which is quite exciting as well. It's making it frictionless for the users and allowing you to get the information into Salesforce, which is, yeah, brilliant. Exactly. Can I have a copy? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um, So, uh, so I also did want to talk to you because you participated in some of the demo jams. And I think like AppExchange demo jams are a great way to kind of understand the art of the possible, I suppose, in the app exchange world um, and all these different apps and what you can do basically in the platform. Um, but why do you like getting involved with them? <laughs> it's probably my question um, and, and attending them. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the question. And if you're actually watching this podcast rather than just listening to it, you will see that I'm holding one of the trophies that we actually won uh, during uh, during a, a, a recent uh, demo jam, so yeah, demo jam. I think you know they've always been some of the highlights for me going to Salesforce events. I've mm-hmm. always enjoyed uh, the format, uh, which is you know you don't need to spend too much time listening to someone blabbing and you know kind of pitching <laughs> the you know hell out of it uh, because it's three minutes, and and in three minutes mm-hmm. it, they either bring something to life that is relevant or they don't and you can move on very quickly. So I always yeah. felt it was very interesting and compelling. And uh, for us, participating is a way to very quick... Well, it also focuses you, right? Because in three, you only have three minutes to convey your value proposition and show it in action. So you have mm. to be specific and focused. Um, I think the message travels very well through a demo jam because in our ecosystem, people like to see it. People yeah. like to play with Live it. Demo. They, yeah. they want to imagine it in their world. And they love a live demo. They hate PowerPoint, love <laughs> live demos. Um, you know, don't tell me or don't put it on a on a paper, you know, PowerPoint, uh, what you can do. Just show me. And yeah. this is oh, where yeah. the demo jam really delivers value. And, and then from a pure marketing perspective, it's, Reach is very good, typically, because, again, people like me um, like to watch it. It -hmm. creates a good piece of content that has a a very long shelf life. Uh, So Mm -hmm. you can reuse whatever you're creating in a demo job. (laughs) You know that you're going to put it in your social. You're going to put it on your website. (laughs) Even if you don't read it, it's consumable. You you have this piece of content. Exactly, exactly. So it goes in, a, in your next campaign, in a newsletter. I mean, it's really, really multifaceted, you know, from a pure, you know, kind of practical perspective as well. Cool. Okay, is there anything else that you want to say on the podcast before we wrap up? Or ask the final couple of questions? Well, I, we, well, interestingly, we were, you know, having this conversation um, in the wake of um, a big of a, a bit of a shakeup um, in to the Salesforce ecosystem, yeah, uh, with uh, you know the 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 announcement not long ago of you know ten percent uh, of Salesforce um, uh, kind of being let go and and a bit mm. of a reorganization then happening across the whole um, the whole spectrum of of Salesforce. And uh, I, I think, you know, on the, on the one hand, I'm, I'm saddened and I, you know, we've lost some of, you know, the key contacts uh, that we had mm. uh, across the organization. Um, 
I I am actually not too. Um, uh, I, I, I let me rephrase that. I I don't believe that they will have a hard time <laughs> relocating uh, and finding um, a new job because the expertise and the exposure that you get when you work from within a machine like mm. Salesforce is invaluable uh, to, yeah. to the market and the ecosystem and the industry is still working very uh, and is still growing very fast. Um, so no doubt uh, they will be immediately um uh, you know, re-employed and very happy with a, a new gig. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's an important signal um, that talks about rationalization and kind of sets the scene to me for 2023. Um, one of the, the mantras from Salesforce is do more with less. So mm -hmm. I think uh, to, if I look at it from our perspective and in the context of our conversation, I would say my message is for people like us creating um, solutions that need to add value, you need to take that into consideration. Be pragmatic in your approach and create solutions that are need to have and that really focus on doing more with less, helping customers be more efficient, be more effective with their Salesforce and through their Salesforce operations. I don't mm -hmm. believe that people will stop investing in technology, especially in uh, Salesforce technology, but they yeah. will they will have a bit more of a pragmatic eye uh, to um, what and how they invest their money and, and what they mm -hmm. actually bring into their org and for their users. Um, mm -hmm. And I think you know again we're we're well placed from our perspective at least. I believe we're well placed uh, yeah. to fulfill that uh, promise and and uh, thrive in twenty twenty three. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, um, I've got two final questions for you. The first question, okay. if you have one, if you have one, is: uh, Do you have a top audio book that you listen to? Because I know you listen to a lot of audio books, like I do. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I have a couple of recommendations mm. uh, that I always uh, bring up when when this question, you know, or when we are in the conversation of audiobooks. One is. Uh, um, because I listen to audiobooks when I run, typically, All right, yeah. uh, when I find the time to run, um, one will be Born to Run. Uh, right, that was yeah. one of the first audiobooks that I've ever listened to. And it's a, it's a good story. It's a very nice, enjoyable running book. Mm. Um, and the other one, if you, don't, if you like uh, fiction, uh, mm. I, I believe when I read Shantaram, uh, it, uh, I, I it was with me for many of my runs. It's a massive book. So in oh, proportion, yeah. I think it's as big as three or four audiobooks from a length oh, perspective. Yeah. But you know, when it's when it's over, you want to start it again. And as a matter okay, of fact, no, I, I, I really, listened to oh, it really? twice. I'll have to I'll have to get a copy of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm a big yeah. fan of uh, fiction as well. So yeah, I've got a lot. Yeah, I listen to a lot of audiobooks where I'm dropping the kids off and picking them up from nursery and, and things like that. I think I actually probably my top go. one, if I was going to say mine at the moment would be if you, if you're into DevOps, um, take a listen to the Phoenix project, which is essentially a storybook the on Phoenix this organization. Project. Yeah. An organization yeah. that's in total chaos and they bring in kind of agile and DevOps processes into it. Um, but it is a storybook and it is just, and also you learn about DevOps through it. And it's a, yeah, it's a great book uh, as well as an audio book as, as well, which is fab. Um, 
And also, my Not final, it. final question that I ask everybody is, if you could wind back the clock to some point in time uh, and you could give some advice to yourself, what time would it be that you'd wind the clock back to and what advice would you give yourself? Ooh, interesting. Um, I... <sighs> I'll give you a two-part answer if I can. One is uh, I would go back to my university years and uh, tell myself to be a bit more focused on my study <laughs> and uh, party a little less because you don't get much out of it. And uh, 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 so that would be one. Mm. Um, and the, I, I believe, I don't know, the, the second one, um, I... Um, I would probably go back to the beginning of my career a bit uh, mm -hmm. and uh, recommend to myself that I, I, I start earlier in sales. Um, mm -hmm. I, I remember that I was a bit uh, reluctant um, at first. I, my, my transition to sales was interesting. I was uh, employed to work in the marketing team. I started working uh, in market insights, uh, providing solutions and, and supporting sales uh, that were going out to sell and I would then started going out with them. And then I started taking over the conversation with customers. Um, and then that's how I, I ended up finally being a sales person myself. Mm. Um, I, I, I remember being reluctant, both uh, psychologically and, you know, from a timing perspective, I made yeah. uh, that. And, um, and uh, that was a, a mistake uh, probably that I wouldn't, I wouldn't do again. I, I believe uh, acquiring sales skills and being a good salesperson is good across the board. It helps in mm. life and it definitely helps in a professional career at any level and in any job. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the Salesforce Posse podcast. I hope you've had fun. I know I have and learned a lot. So, um, yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, Francis, and, you know, see you soon, hopefully. Yeah, brilliant. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for watching or listening to the Salesforce Posse podcast. Now, please, 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 if you like or what you see or hear, then please rate this podcast in your podcast player as it tells me that there are people out there that actually are listening to this and that it's useful to them. Also, it helps the podcast algorithms to kind of elevate the podcast in the different podcast directories, which will be really helpful for me as well. And finally, if you do have a question that you want to ask on the podcast, then head to salesforceposse.com slash message and maybe you'll appear in the next podcast. But apart from that, thanks for listening and until next time, ta-ta!